0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 101, just past episode 100 last week. It's all downhill from here. I mean, no, because you know what we have to do now. What's that? We have to have some kind of big falling out and then not talk to each other for like 15 years. Okay. And then we can have our big reunion show. That's the only way this works. That's how it works.
1: That's how it works? I don't know
0: if you've watched anything to do with entertainment in the last 20, 30 years. That's what everybody does.
1: I think we're going to try something different.
0: All right. I mean. Let's roll the dice. See what happens. If you think we can get along until episode 200, I'll I'll take your word for it. So on episode 101 of this Illy Fated podcast. ill Fated podcast. Good English, huh? Illy. I was making fun of you before we started recording and I come out with that. So that's great. That's on record now. I'm not even going to edit that. That's fair. Other the people mm-hmm. to get the real sense of who we are. Who we are, who what we are about. Yeah. You know, yeah, All yeah. right. Gotcha. On this episode, baseball news. Dodgers can close out the World Series tonight. We are recording this on Tuesday night. Game six has yet to start, I believe, or it has just started. And the Dodgers can get rid of the ghosts of seasons past by winning the World Series tonight. Uh, we also have a little bit more Dodgers news. We've, we've been hard on them about... Not playing Cody Bellinger back in the World Series against the Red Sox in 2018. Yep, uh, it may not have been all of them. We'll get into that. Uh, of course, show favorite Rob Manfred. News on Rob Manfred and his always timely comments, and NFL news and notes. Uh, and then of course, Ben's as I've been saying the entirety the entirety of the season. And the first couple was just a joke, but now I think it really is Ben's least favorite time of the week. Banker Tank. Yeah. Review, and then we'll we'll get his pick so we can go two and four next week, also.
1: Well, why not?
0: But first, the Dodgers. Uh, you picked, I believe you picked the Rays in seven. I picked the Rays in six. You can still be correct. I was wrong. It would have to be seven if the if the Rays are gonna win. The Dodgers can close it out tonight. They have, let's just say, not Clayton Kershaw on the hill. Uh, I did not recognize the pitcher who was starting for them, and he's going against Blake Snell. So Blake Snell talked a lot before this season started about how he didn't want to play it or he didn't want to play it or whatever. I don't know.
1: he wanted to it, get he wanted to get full payment. yeah, he
0: it was it was kind of a mess. Um, and now he has a chance to do what he's paid a lot of money to do, and that is put his team on his back and carry him to a game seven of the World Series. Uh, regardless of what you think about this season. Uh, this is why these guys play and you have your biggest pitcher, your best pitcher on the hill. Charlie Morton who has won the only p- pitcher in major league history who has won 3 game 7s. If Snow can get it done tonight, we'll be on the hill tomorrow and Charlie Morton's got to be Mr. Game 7. I'm sorry. I mean that that's that's a pretty crazy stat. So I mean the Rays are they're down 3 to 2, but they're not in terrible shape. You can win two in a row. They can oh, beat absolutely. this team two in a row. And the Dodgers are just one win away. And, I mean, if you're the Dodgers, it's it's more important for you to win this than it is for the Rays.
1: Yeah, you got to close it out. You close have it to. it out. You have to. You have an opportunity to close it out, close it out. Even though you have uh, the
0: Gonsoli
1: on the hill, he pitched uh, in, earlier in the series. He gave up four runs. So he doesn't have a great ERA of Yeah. one outing. I don't know who he is. He's He seems to be an unknown. You know what that is, though, right?
0: What's that? That's them throwing – that's them out there. He wouldn't be pitching if they were down 3-2. to two.
1: Correct. It, this would is, be, it would be Walker Bueller. Right.
0: This is – we're saving Walker Bueller for Game 7 on full yeah. rest because worst-case scenario, we need to go to a Game 7 and we'll have our best against their best and let the best team win. Or, you know, and hopefully they get – Four or five solid innings out of this guy tonight, for, from their perspective, and they can close it out. But
1: right, as you say, that the <clears throat> the Rays are already up one nothing. Oh, okay.
0: Well, there we go. I mean, it's what what inning? First inning got to be first, right? Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: They have they have recorded one out and and they gave up a run already. All right. So, so Rays are up
0: like, one nothing in Game Six as so as we speak.
1: Yeah, it's a solo home run Um <clears throat> the gentleman you have spoken so highly about.
0: Andy Hero, that kid is on fire, man. That kid is absolutely on fire. He's exciting. Randy Rosarina Keep an eye out for him. Uh,
1: I, I think... I, I don't... I think the uh, Clayton pitched game five or four.
0: I think Clayton pitched... Uh, he pitched four innings or five innings in game four. And they treated it like he pitched ten shutout right. innings in game seven. You should have seen it. Dude, this guy has literally blown every postseason start he's ever had. He has been miserable in the postseason.
1: So, so here's where I'm coming from on this. Is if... If you go with that mentality, where oh well, Game Six is—it's a buffer. We can win if we win it, great. If we don't, we have Game Seven. You really want to win Game Six because you really don't want to go to Game Seven. Right. You don't want that X factor of Game Seven because Game Sevens—anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. Right now, the Rays are putting probably their best pitcher on the hill. Rightfully so. Uh I would assume they probably would pull the same stunt if it was reverse, but I don't know for sure. But the, the Dodgers, you you have this opportunity. You've, this is your third appearance in the past five years? Yeah. Six years? Yep. And this is the first time you realistically have an opportunity to win this.
0: Four years. Four years? You're right. They lost to the Dodgers in, in 17, Red Sox in 18. Astros. Uh, yeah. Dodgers lost it. Well, the Dodgers beat have beaten the Dodgers before, yeah. so yeah. Astros in seventeen, Red Sox in eighteen, and then they didn't. Uh, they didn't go last didn't year because of the year. Nats. Yeah, Astros so right, were on fire right. last year. Yeah, three times in four, of four
1: years, of... years, and this is your best opportunity because I know uh, against the Sox they they had no shot, and then the Astros. I don't know how it lined up, um, you know, uh, wins wise, but but my point is, you have an opportunity. You could have. Put Walker Bueller out there, and said we're gonna shut you down because the kid, the kid is fantastic.
0: Oh, absolutely, one of the one of the best in the game.
1: Uh, and I know you would have went toe to toe with with Blake Snell, but you, they already got to Charlie Morton earlier in the, in the series. They they got to him pretty handily. So it if you feel comfortable going against Charlie Morton, and you could throw this guy. Um, Game seven, you could have you'll have Clayton Kershaw ready, so maybe Clayton Kershaw is ready to start a game seven, and wouldn't that be something for his career to to wrap up a World Series uh, win with with a game seven victory, if it came to that? I just think you don't want it to get to game seven.
0: Oh, I agree. You Just don't. I agree. But this team this team has always been a little bit soft. Right. They've always been they've been the team of the overpaid, pampered stars. And they get it done as far as getting to the World Series, but like I was saying earlier, Clayton Kershaw has had he's had a couple decent uh, outings this postseason. Then he missed a start. I think he, he tweaked something or pulled something. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then and, and but the other day he goes out and he pitches like five innings, and everyone's like, "Oh, Clayton Kershaw has, has exercised ghosts of playoffs past." The so dude pitched five innings in Game Four. With his team up, like, can we have a little bit higher standard as to what greatness is in sports these days? Honestly, somebody goes out and has three or four good games. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're a Hall of Famer. Like, what was I saying before we started talking about how good Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are doing right now? And nice. if, Tua, if Tua can come out and be as good as, he, uh, as he's supposed to be, as good as we both think he's going to be, then this is going to be, that would, would have been one of the better quarterback drafts in a long time. Oh, absolutely. But, but it's, it's Herbert's, what, five games in, six games in, same with Burrow. Not a knock on either guy, but you don't just do it for seven or eight games and then get thrown in the Hall of Fame. You need a long, sustained career. And this isn't a case of like a Patrick Mahomes where, you know, we've been seeing it for two, two and a half years now. You know what he is, and he's great. So, look, Kershaw doesn't get off the hook for me, for me, for, being absolutely abysmal the rest of his career in the playoffs. One of the great regular season pitchers of all time. Absolutely tremendous. Blights out. But when it mattered most, before a couple starts this season, mm-hmm. okay. And for me, it's, it's length of time you're in the game, too. If he went out and he pitched eight scoreless with, like, 15 strikeouts and just dominated, okay. Pitched five innings. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, for me, picks, but yeah. my old school mentality – You don't don't get praised for that. Hey, thanks a lot. Good game. We pay you $35 million a year. You should do at least that every game. At least. That should be the minimum you do. But I don't know.
1: And, and, And that's on the heels of getting his face torn off by the Atlanta Braves, where he went out and pitched five innings, gave up four runs on seven hits. Yeah. So, yeah, he has had two, you would call them quality starts, in a regular season game, outings in the World Series, and he's supposedly your guy. Although we we all know who the guy is right now in, in L.A. It's Walker Buehler.
0: Oh yeah, hands down. But I still almost call him Burley every time. I don't know really? why. I don't know why. Hmm. I just I just look. You've set it up. You've set it up
1: so you can have Clayton Kershaw game seven. Why would you not just say Walker? Go out there and win us the series
0: again? Because they're they are absolutely stuck in the mindset of the sabermetrics and the new style of of stats in the game. Oh, you can't pitch them on two or three games rest. These guys didn't pitch 162 games. You had a 60-game season. They should absolutely, absolutely still be fresh enough to go out there on three days rest. Yeah, it would have been three days. Yeah. That's not a problem. Remember, remember in, uh, what was it, 2001? Randy Johnson or, or was it Chris Schilling? Showing started game seven with the, with the Diamondbacks against the Yankees. Yeah. Johnson started game six and pitched his ass off. Right. Awesome game. He came out and pitched two innings of relief in game seven after throwing 100 plus pitches. And this guy was close to his 40s at the time. Yeah. You got these 23, 24 year old kids now. They got to throw 60 pitches every five days. It's like, oh my God, throw them in the Hall of Fame now.
1: And Walker only went six innings. Standard is so low. He went six innings. That's all he did. And yet, he's not. He went six innings through ninety-three pitches, struck out ten. So he clearly has the number for the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yet we don't want to pitch him on three days. Oh, no, we want to have him fully rested for a game seven. Yep. You could shut them down, and I'm telling you, because because David Price, for all the grief we gave him, was the reason why. The Red Sox won in eighteen.
0: David Price is a very good postseason pitcher.
1: He he started games and he was in relief. Yep. And obviously, we know Nathan Avalde also did what he did, and Chris Sale had to mop up. You know, at the end of the series, it wasn't great, but he finished it up instead of um. Shoot, who was closing for us? Was it still Kimbrel? Yeah, it was Kimbrel. Yeah, yeah. Um. I just don't I just I, I like to put I would like to put myself in a game 6 position to win the series sure. by putting my best guy if I have him available and I think 3 games 3 days rest is is perfectly suitable in a in a situation like this when one you've had 60 games in this in this uh shortened season so he hasn't pitched a full
0: season No should not be that tired.
1: So I don't know what you're thinking here, and honestly, I think the Dodgers deserve to lose this game at least, because that is unconscionable that you wouldn't just say, "Let's go with Let's go with Walker Buehler. Let's end this right now." Because you saw what, what was it? 09, I think for um, Cece. He literally he literally pitched the Brewers into the playoff on multiple three days rest. Oh yeah. Yep. Just to get him in the playoffs. Yep. And then, of course, he went and signed a offseason record contract with the New York Yankees, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, just making the point, there are plenty of people, even recent history, who have gone out on short rest, on was a starter pitcher during the season, and came in and relieved multiple times. Nathan Evaldi wore it that one game where he had a pitch, like four or five innings. Just to say the bullpen in that World Series matchup. And it just just tells you that the Dodgers just don't seem like they're going to win a World Series.
0: You never want to slate a team that has a chip on their shoulder already. That's all the motivation they need. Trust me, the Rays know everything you know that you just brought up. They could start Walker Buehler. I said it right. Walker Buehler on three days, and have their very best out there. Hopefully get five, six innings out of them. Dodgers have a pretty good bullpen. They'd be in good shape.
1: Right.
0: The Rays, when you're looking for motivation, you will take anything as disrespect. The Rays are going to take that as, they think they can shut us down without their best? Are you kidding me? So they beat them in game six. Obviously, it's not over yet, but that's what I think will happen. They beat them in game six. And then they come out in Game 7 with nothing to lose. You know the most dangerous team in the world is a team with nothing to lose that should, by all rights and, and talent, not win.
1: 0-4 Red Sox.
0: Yeah. On paper, the 0-4 Red Sox were, were not the best group of individual players by far. But as a team, mm-hmm. they were incredible. They were so well put together. The Dodgers are a great collection of stars. A great collection of fancy contracts and guys who were $100,000 diamond necklaces at a stadium. The Rays? The Rays are a team. Not a group of overpaid individuals. The Rays are a team. Dodgers may close it out tonight. Dodgers may close it out tomorrow night. I don't know. But I 100% agree with you. They set this up so Clayton Kershaw could be on for Game 7. And... Even if they don't do that, even if they decide to go with Walker Burley, God, I did it again. Walker Bueller, I just got it right too. If they decide to go with Walker Bueller, then then why, why not go with him tonight and Kershaw tomorrow night? Like it just, it seems to me that the Dodgers, which is why I don't feel bad for them for their past failures, the Dodgers seem to already be fitting themselves for World Series rings before they get the final out, and that is a dangerous mindset to be in.
1: There's a there's a quote by uh, Kevin Millar from the um, that documentary. God, I don't remember what the documentary name is. I've seen it so many times, but uh, it was about the '04. Um,
0: uh four days in October. Thank you. I, lo- I, I I still get chills when I watch that. By the way.
1: And he, and he he makes the point. Don't let it get get to Game Seven.
0: Yeah. No, he don't said, "Don't let, let, us, win. Don't let us win. Don't let us win one. Right. Don't let us win one when they were down 3-0. Ah, yes,
1: yes. And, and because when because because he said we have. Um, Pedro going game five. Chill going game six. And then game seven, anything's on Anything the table. Anything can happen.
0: And look what happened.
1: It's, it's, it's so true. Anything is on the table for a game seven. And I, I just can't disagree with this more, especially, you know, they got runners at first and second, two outs. This kid is not long for this game.
0: They're Don't. Gonna, don't ever give a team with nothing to lose and their back against the wall, a team that everybody thinks cannot hang with you. Yep. Do not ever give them motivation to believe they can. Ever.
1: And I think this is motivation. Enough. This, this guy, no offense yeah. to him. Maybe he's a-
0: Oh, i I'm not trying to knock him. I'm sure he's going out there and pitching the best he can. This is the biggest game of his career. I'm sure he was thrilled to get the ball in this situation. He's not... Walker, Bueller, and he's not Clayton Kershaw. That's a numbers thing. That's not a personal thing.
1: No, there's another person we need to knock.
0: Well, I think it was before Game 3 of the World Series. Ben and I both, especially Ben, but I I, I agree completely. I just usually let him go on a rant about this because it's a lot more entertaining. It is. Uh, That uh, Cody Bellinger, 2018, uh, decided... or didn't decide, the Dodgers decided that certain games they were going to play him, certain situations they were going to pull him. And we both were very critical of the Dodgers on this. We may have to retract that a little bit because Mr. Bellinger apparently decided he just wanted to DH after game two for the remainder of the series. Whether he played in the field again, I don't know. The point is, he decided he was just too sore to play the field. So... I have to ask you, um, any great hard-nosed player in history you can think of, even recent players, Mm -hmm. do you think they don't want to be out there as much as they can impacting the game as much as they can? Because Bellinger seems to think, let me swing the bat four times because I know when it comes time for my contract, I'm getting paid anyways. Right. So let me swing the bat four times, see what I can do, and then I'll go sit in the dugout. What great player, what great leader – what game-winning mindset d- player would be like, I'm a little sore. Just let me hit. Uh, so my question is, is it the Dodgers making a bad choice? or are the Dodgers knowing they have a soft guy here? Very talented. But a soft player with a not a game-winning mindset, not a go-for-the-kill mindset. And they saw they needed somebody like that in the game, and said, "Eh, Bellinger's not the guy to have in there right now."
1: It's 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 telling about Cody Bellinger a little bit in that in the biggest the biggest series for this team, and I think it's it's even magnified more by the fact that they lost in seventeen and eighteen. That he is. And I think it was just one game, maybe two games because right now he's playing center field. Well, that's good. Um, and I think the game before, I'm not sure, but I think I saw him because uh, you brought we, we brought this up and then you I think the next day you brought it up to me that um he was sore. Uh, but I think he played game five in the field. That being said, it's the World Series. You should be available as much as you possibly can. As much as we are critical of the Chris Sale contract, the Chris Sale not going um, under surgery, by the way, I, I don't want to tell people they should get surgery, but when the writing's on the wall,
0: maybe yeah. it's time.
1: So he clearly waited too long to get the surgery.
0: I can appreciate that, though, because he wanted to put the effort in to try to do it right. without missing a year. Right. So
1: That being said, when there was clearly an issue in the World Series, Chris Sale pitched as much as he possibly could. Yep, he wanted the ball. Now, it wasn't much, but he pitched as much as he possibly could. Uh, physically. Because he, he would have pitched more if he could.
0: Oh, yeah. He'd have been out there every game if he could have.
1: This tells me that he is not the player you want to invest in. I, I like Cody Belliger uh, until the beginning of this year. And that started, and you can go back um, in the archives and and. His, his opinion on the Astros, when I and then I said that maybe you should not say anything until you're 100% sure you don't have skeletons in your closet. This just adds on to his soft but opinionated baseball player um, that maybe you don't want to invest in because you just don't know what you're going to get out of this player.
0: Well... I mean, he's he's probably going to get uh, paid a very, very handsome contract when the time comes. But according to recent quotes by MLB Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred. Your guy. Show favorite. My guy. He says sarcastically. Uh, the MLB, after this shortened COVID season, as he referred to it, uh, will experience historic levels of debt. So, look, there's no no doubt they take a revenue hit. I mean, that's – but not making money is different than debt. Like, if I don't – if you don't go to work tomorrow, right? you just don't make that money. You're not in debt. No. So, like, the thing I don't get is historic, historic levels of debt. If your business model is so poor that you can't shut your buildings down, not have people in them, and still lose so much money you have historic debt, perhaps you need to bring in a different accounting team to help you figure out uh, what to do.
1: Or create a different
0: business model. Well, that's what I mean. Oh okay. A different, yeah. Yeah. I said it. I said it kind of poorly because I was trying. I was trying to be as insulting as possible to Rob Manfred, Uh, but I just. I I ended up. I ended up kind of of rambling. So yeah. No, but yeah, you're right. It's a poor business model. Like, maybe, this is what happens when you can't charge people astronomical prices for everything. Maybe if you had a little bit. Maybe if these players had some more reasonable contracts, a few million dollars a year, whatever. That's fine. Maybe if you didn't charge sixty dollars for parking and $80 for a mediocre ticket, $7 for a flat soda, $11 for a hot dog, 15 bucks for a beer. Maybe if your business model didn't depend on inordinate amounts of those things being guaranteed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you could run your business a little bit better. If you weren't all so damn greedy is what I'm trying to say, you wouldn't be having this problem. I think this
1: is – and this accentuates my uh, point that I have made.
0: We fit in and accentuates within a 30-second span. This show's going places. We are. We are. I don't want to brag, but, yeah, that's think- book learning. That's book learnings right there.
1: Things are happening. Yeah. Um, But the point I made uh, many months ago, and we had a debate on it, Um, uh, baseball dying. I think this, this –
0: <laughs> In the archives.
1: <laughs> correlates, correlates with um, – the on the field product is that they just they just cannot change. No. Like you see the NFL and the NBA and we've had our issues with both of them, but as far as a business model they are they're taking away the need for guaranteed gate and concessions by getting their merchandise out there advertising their star players and making it so that money revenue coming from different avenues is more important than the concessions than the gate and and the gate's important to a degree. sure. Concessions help, but it's almost like you're trying to break even with outside sources uh, outside funding and then your profits come from the gate come from the concessions and that's how you want to kind of run it and I'm not claiming to be some professional but I
0: no, dude a lot of this is basic math you're not right, wrong at all right,
1: right. Um, I've been in retail 10 plus years and 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 you know learning some stuff as I, I go along and understanding basic budgeting and, and and marketing and it just seems fairly obvious that they're just as you're pointed out, they're hinging all their bets on concessions and gates and and parking as well. And I just think that is a huge mistake. You need to expand. You should have expanded yourself a while ago when you started seeing the NFL, the NBA. I mean, even you even see NHL trying to. But the difference with the NHL is, is the point you brought up, their contracts are... Equal to the the dollars they bring in, they're not a great money maker, but their contracts kind of equate to that. so unfortunately, if the MLB is is going to try to survive, continue to survive and and try to grow, they need to rethink their business model
0: well we we applauded. When this all really first started, the Green Bay Packers organization and and, and ownership are the the group that controls the controlling interest because, I guess, the, technically the town the, owns the Yeah, the, the
1: town owns the, the, the um, owned For
0: it. their foresight, obviously they had no idea there would be a pandemic. No, but they're – But they had the foresight in case something happened and they didn't have uh, consistent revenue uh, – Coming in for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they put aside uh, this trust. It was like $300 million something or something. like that, yeah. yeah. So they could pay their workers, keep the lights on, do basic things that cost money. So this team that doesn't even have a super rich owner that is is, is pouring money into it constantly. Right. These group of individuals were able to come together and say, hey, this would be a smart idea. And again... Again, nothing to do with what team you root for. But as a person who really, really enjoys common sense and logic, I applaud them, the ownership group, whoever's in charge of making these calls for the Green Bay Packers. Once again, bravo. Because you all were the only team in sports to have this kind of foresight. And exactly to your point, you baseball lives beyond their means. That's a problem. Yeah. I just did a little quick research. The average concessions worker in America makes thirteen dollars an hour. Okay. I'm not here to argue with you. What you think that's right, wrong, low, high, whatever. That's that's not what this is about. But okay, so guy walks up and orders six beers. One guy. One guy. For his group of friends, okay. which happens hundreds of times a game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hundreds of times a game. If you're gonna buy one, you're gonna buy several. All right. Otherwise, quite frankly, why bother? Uh, a couple of sodas, a couple of hot dogs. You've pretty much just paid the entire hourly salary for everybody working that one concession booth. Right. And I, near where I live, there's a very good uh, wholesale meat distributor who actually distributes a lot of the meats and stuff to the restaurants around where I live. And public can go in there too. And I see what this stuff goes for wholesale. I'm only buying one case. These ballparks are buying dozens to hundreds of cases. They'll get they'll get a lower price. Too. A lower price, absolutely. So you're getting a five pound box of hot dogs, your Fenway Franks, whatever the hell you want to call them, right? For 20, 25 bucks, and you're marking them up to ten to fifteen bucks a piece. And there's what thirty to $40, 50 in there. Do the math. That is a ridiculous profit. You sell that one box. Yeah. You've probably just paid the weekly salary for everybody working in that one concession booth. Never mind the rest of it you can add on top of it. So where is all your money going? You're not promoting your game. No. We know that much. (laughs) You're not doing that. You're paying these guys ridiculous money to not represent your game. And more than your game can afford, you pay them. I don't want to hear Rob Manfred crying. He mismanages from the start. He and his people, and and the players' union too, not just Rob. I'll give Rob all the <laughs> the knock in the world, but is wasn't alone in this. Everyone he fumbled this. Remember how many um how many things MLB did. During the season to promote their game and try to make money other ways. I don't. No, you don't. That's because it didn't happen.
1: Right. And What's even it? though, even though I didn't watch any NBA games, and I didn't really want to get hit over the face with all the virtual signaling, and and I didn't want to see because because it's it's and I don't want to dive into it, but it, there's a difference between uh, uh, identifying it and then just you know, yeah braiding. Yeah, with exactly. And I, I don't. I don't. I don't like the parading but but even for all that, it's like you, you you were able to get your message out, and the NFL same thing. You were like NFL hit record numbers for their draft that they did virtually, and they were getting chastised by even insiders in the NFL uh, for uh, for the NFL that they shouldn't do it, but they did it and they got. Record numbers that over
0: a hundred million dollars for COVID research during that, that four day event alone.
1: Like that is that right there is going to be something that they're going to even if hopefully all this passes, even when all this passes, they'll consider this for the future. Because um, they can obviously, um, you know, bring up the production value with more people involved, and and they can do different things if, if all this changes, when it changes, hopefully. But they may not need to go back to that model before they uh, model they had before, um, because maybe maybe this model is better. Right. Maybe it's it'll give you more revenue, more opportunity, more eyes on it. There's just. Limitless opportunities that the NFL can can unlock by just this event, and yet, the MLB draft happened. Did you know that?
0: I did, but I didn't really pay attention because it's not MLB. Just I cannot say this enough. They cannot promote themselves. They don't know how to promote themselves. And and and, and I will defend
1: MLB a little bit on this. Is that MLB? That's they, a switch.
0: You defended by Malcolm. That's a talk about a switcheroo, huh?
1: Uh, but. NCAA baseball is just not as popular as an, NCAA football, and that is just because football is more popular. Um, and the fact that, as we pointed out many times, you draft a player in the first round, more often than not, it'll take four, three to four years for that player to actually uh, hit the Major League squad, which is problematic for oh. the, for the clubs.
0: That's a thing, too. You have them players who are bringing in a bunch of revenue while they're still playing for arbitration right. and playing on rookie contracts, or making millions of dollars. So where's all your money going, right? You just signed a billion dollar TV deal. Where's your money going, Rob? Like they had to for the NFL,
1: they had to create this slotted structure because the last the last player to get an insane what was it, Demarcus Russell, Russell? Yeah, did, what, yeah, five and seventy or something. Yeah, ridiculous. Some insane dollars that he never. A, he never lived up to, and B, he never finished that contract.
0: You got that like $30 million guaranteed, though, for right. going out there and bumbling around the field for six weeks. So they had
1: to do all this slotting, but they're still getting paid insane n- numbers. But you have MLB, who they don't, I mean, they have slotted uh, dollar amounts for the draft positions, but they're not insane dollars comparative to your stars. And I don't want to get down that rabbit hole of of talking about arbitration and and service time and all that. Because I think that is all garbage and it needs to be changed. And that's one thing I side with Scott Boris on that hurt to say, by the way.
0: If you're going to be consistent, sometimes you got to agree with people you don't like. Yep,
1: But to the point, Rob Manford, fix your structure, your business model. And maybe you wouldn't have to worry about being in debt on historic levels, because you your business model relies on people coming to your parks and stadiums to spend money
0: and overpaying for a product you can't promote. Rob Manfred isn't going to be able to fix that. Rob Manfred, you remember the movie The Water Boy? Rob Manfred is like Coach Klein in The Water Boy. Wow, just standing there like. Looking in his basics, like, somebody solved this problem for me. Somebody solved this problem. I don't know what I'm doing. He's the Bill O'Brien of commissioners.
1: Uh, I would say, yeah.
0: And again, I'm just going to close on this for move on to NFL yep. and, and, and happier news. Uh, because, again, the NFL promotes their league like few others. They have made, yeah, they're going to take a revenue hit. And they've admitted that. We're going to take a big revenue hit. We're not sure how much could be between this much and that much because of the gate. They're trying to get fans in as many cities as, you know, the health departments around will allow. And that's good. You know, let some fans in. And, you know, if there's no further issues, up it a little bit. There's no, you know, nothing bad's coming out of it, up it a little bit. You keep going and and see what happens. Um, So we're getting some revenue there. But, you know, do a little research, you'll find out, like, just because there's people there, not all concessions are open. There's only certain sections that are open. Right. So they're controlling the amount they have to spend in order to bring in. Right. Probably have two or three concessions per section of people that are going to be there that are open. Not If you go to a normal NFL, if you've never been to an NFL stadium for a game, I mean, (laughs) several sections on the concourse almost look like a mini mall. Right. Where it's beer, hot dogs, pretzels, chicken, everything you can possibly imagine. Uh, Drastically overpriced, but still not as bad as baseball necessarily. But... I guess the point I'm trying to make here, and I'm I'm just rambling at this point because I I think Manfred's terrible, is don't have a business model that depends on overcharging people and overpaying players you're not promoting because they're not making you any revenue on the back end. You're paying them on the front end. They're not making you revenue on the back end. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, they're making the league revenue on the back end. People are buying their stuff. People are 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 buying their auction items that the NFL is 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 putting on to create revenue. NFL create revenue out of thin air. They make money while they sleep. Baseball just sets it on fire and is like, oh look, we're broke now.
1: It 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 starts with identifying that you need a change. And number two, and this is and I can speak to this as experience. Going to a Red Sox game and going to a Patriots game. The experience is different. It is 100 percent different, night and day. And and this this only con- is is focused on the Red Sox because because they're at Fen- where Fenway is located, and because if you're out of town, you have to take the T, and if you don't take the T at a certain time, and the game doesn't get done at a certain time, you're paying extra money for Uber, taxi, whatever to get to your station i digress it's all about the experience if you can make the experience so incredible that that one time you go if you're not a season ticket holder if you go that one time you make an experience you're willing to shell out that money because it's worth it whether it's not just the stadium because you've been at one patriot place the experience that that Robert Kraft has built around oh, it's that incredible. stadium is insane. And and I don't want to centralize this around just uh Robert Kraft and, and one page of your place Gillette Stadium because a lot of other stadiums are doing the same thing. Las Vegas just opened theirs, um, the Chargers just opened theirs. Yep. It, it, and I wish I could go see all the new stadiums and, and what they're building around it, because I'm I'm betting they built the same kind of of business plan that crafted.
0: It's essentially out, outdoor, and not outdoor, it's indoor stuff, but it's it's essentially an outdoor mall, like a mini mall, an outlet mall, where right. you walk around and there's all sorts of movie theaters and bowling you alleys. You could spend a day there. I have. The last two years before this COVID hit, right. uh, my, my girlfriend, uh, I won um, uh, a silent auction. I won Patriots tickets for her and I, and we, we went. And, I mean, she's not a football fan. She went for me because she wanted to experience mm-hmm. it because it's a big deal to me. Right. And I think she still had a great time. I mean, she loves those those Alex and Ani bracelets and Alex and Ani store, one of the only ones in the area. Right. In in Gillette. I mean, they have all sorts of restaurants and it's 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 an experience. You can you can go to a four o'clock game, get there at nine, ten o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. spend all early morning and afternoon there, go to the game, get out, go get something to eat. And by the time you get something to eat, you get an Uber back to the hotel. No traffic, no problem. It, it It's, it's Actually, the way to go. Fenway? Nah. nah. And I love Fenway. I love Fenway, too? I love Fenway. I'm not trying to knock Fenway. But the area around it sucks. I'll speak to my experience.
1: Going there for a 1 o'clock game or even a 4 o'clock game, but still wanting to just stay there for a dinner. Um, obviously the restaurants have changed over the years. I went there when it was, uh, Toby Keith bar and, Gr- uh, bar and grill. Um, but I think it's changed since then.
0: But I remember oh, that's still there actually.
1: It may be. I think I-, I haven't been there in a couple years, but I just remember going to the game at one o'clock with friends and then going to the bar, going to the bar, having a good dinner, some drinks, um, waiting, waiting until, I don't know, it was probably eight, eight 30 at night. And then walked right down the road to yep. our parking spot. Yep. Was, there was no issue there. It's still there because the par- you, you know, even the main road parking still lit up and it's an easy drive home. And I I that it's all about the experience. And with Fenway, and I'm sure it's different in other uh other parks, but you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're almost rushed to get out of there if it's a seven o'clock start.
0: Yeah, and then unless you want to wait in line for an hour to get to a restaurant uh, before you go to the T, or, you, to want, or the- you want to try to move around in the souvenir shop, which is ridiculously right. crowded, you, it, it's not a fun experience once you no. leave. It's not. And when I was younger, I'm getting a little bit older now. When I was younger, I admired it so much. Now I don't have patience for that stuff. As mm-hmm. like I said, last year, I went, you know, I went into the game. We got out of the game. And unfortunately, it was not great because that was when the Patriots blew it against the Dolphins. But we went out. We got dinner. Uh, Still a little bit crowded by the time we got out of the dinner. So we went to, I think they have, like, a big, big outdoor world. So we just went outdoor world and just walked around in there and just messed around in there and and looked at everything everything that was, you know, in there. And, and, I mean, they have, like, indoor ponds and stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, And just left. Got an Uber. Went back to the hotel. And... It was fine. Like it was, but you can't do that with Fenway. No, you just can't. I mean, it, it's. And I know they're going to spend money to rebuild the area around it. That's going to take ridiculous numbers of years. Right. And I, I, I it's it's a plus. It's a plus because they're acknowledging the problem. Right. So I will hold judgment until I see what it's going to look like. But they are supposedly spending fifty million dollars to redo the entire area around Fenway Park and put hotels and shops and things like that. So I don't know what the timeline is for that to be completed, but it, it's good they're addressing the problem. And may maybe in five years we'll be seeing a different tune. Yeah. yeah, it's really enjoyable now. It's fine. They got it under control. I don't know. Anytime anything construction-wise gets done in Boston, oh, it is, uh, I feel say, bad. say politely, a mess. I,
1: I feel bad for yeah. the people there. I've been to Camden Yards. That's the only other one I can really remember that I've been to. Um and it's it's vague. It wasn't bad. It was a nice park. I just don't remember the setup around it and how it would, yeah it was. But it wouldn't shock me if if, if we got any responses from anyone around um, all the other baseball parks. Maybe not the recent ones, but some older you know Wrigley Field and, and, and other stadiums of, of that kind of ilk might get the same kind of reaction just not the experience it's all about the experience that's all i would say to the to mlb is is rob you need to make every baseball park stadium needs to have an experience for the fan to want to be there
0: all right let's move on to some nfl news we went way long on the baseball stuff but that's all right NFL, we had some interesting signings this past week and an, uh, an interesting trade as well. We're going to start off, though. We're going to start off with Tampa Bay. Uh, apparently, still BFs with Tom Brady. Antonio Brown has signed a contract with the Buccaneers. Uh, okay. The one plus is that, I mean, it's not a plus.
1: In my opinion, it's not a plus. But the one plus for them is that Godwin is now out with a – with finger surgery, I don't know how long that's going to be, but I guess that's a plus because now there's not as many mouths to feed. But, you know, Tyler Johnson was coming on a little bit. I, I think I, I pointed out that that back of the end zone catch by Tyler Johnson, yep. who's a rookie. That was a great catch by him, great, look, a great pass by Tom, and, and great read by Tom. Tyler Johnson will not be in that position.
0: Oh no no no! no. He 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 left us. He left us. It, it's full uh, name uh, now. I'm, it's full name.
1: I'm sorry, Tom Brady. I know. I I keep saying Tom, but you're right. Um, Tyler Johnson won't be in that position when when AB is on the field.
0: What about Scotty Miller?
1: Scotty Scotty nope. Miller's look nope. great. Nope. Scotty Miller.
0: It's that shifty little slot receiver that Tom Brady loves. It, it's and gonna be
1: it's gonna be Gronk. It'll be AB and then some. Scotty Miller. Because you saw Mike Evans this week. He didn't get a whole lot. He was getting a little frustrated. I don't know what it was about. I don't think it was about Tom or or, or the touches this week. But there's a little growing, a little bit uh Mike Evans' grouchiness maybe starting to, to brew.
0: Here's my problem with it. And Bruce Arians came out earlier in the offseason and said Antonio Brown was not a fit. These are quotes. You can go look this up. Bruce Arians, um, Tom Brady's assistant for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said, is not a fit. You know, a talented player, we just don't see it, doesn't fit our system, attitude doesn't work, all these things. What changed? Uh, what changed is he's buying into Tom Brady saying he should be able to not make personal decisions, but influence, overly influence.
1: But but he said Tom didn't influence the decision.
0: Yeah, well, he's lying. Um, <laughs> that's all I can think of. And here's the thing. Look, Tom Brady's playing great right now. Yep. Which pisses me off, too, because he can still make those throws, but apparently he was just pouty-faced last year and didn't feel like making the throws. So that's there's that. But he's playing great right now. And all well and good when you're winning. Tom Brady keeps making suggestions, and you're not winning. Or they lose two or three in a row. Or too many people get hurt. Or Antonio Brown interrupts the flow of the offense. Then what happens? There's a lot of things. Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant didn't always get along so great. But you didn't hear about it so much because they always won in L.A.,
1: it worked until it
0: didn't. Yeah, and when it doesn't,
1: it got real it gets ugly. real ugly.
0: And look, I don't know how long this is going to last with Brady down there. But Gronk's injury prone. They're one hit away from him being being out for a while. I mean, anybody. But, you know, with his history, got, Chris Godwin just had finger surgery. He may miss time. Supposedly, he's out for this game for sure. Right. And in who knows how many weeks. Mike Evans has been hit or miss. Mike Evans should have been a primary target this week, but instead what was Brady doing? Dumping off the Gronk. Tom Brady wants all of his friends in there, and I'll tell you what. I know last year Antonio Brown was only a Patriot for one game. Brady forced that ball onto him several times. He did. He's going to get him the ball. He wants to throw to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown and Tom Brady are not the future of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's Scotty Miller. It's Mike Evans. It's uh, it's Chris Godwin for sure. If anybody, definitely, especially Chris Godwin. So you're gonna alienate these people and let a 42 year old quarterback kind of make your personnel decisions for you. It's a bold move. It's gonna work well while you're winning, and for your sake, you better hope you keep winning. And you have the talent too. You very well could. Absolutely. The Bucks might end up 13 and three, 14 and two, and win it all. Who knows? It'd be something considering the Super Bowl is gonna be in Tampa. At least it was, unless they changed that because of COVID. Who knows? But, man, everybody's talking about this. Like, like there's just all of a sudden, you're just going to fit Antonio Brown without a problem. Star players want the ball. Yeah. And that's Mike Evans' offense. That's Chris Godwin's offense. Brady just comes in and brings all his friends with him. It's going to wear really, really thin I, when those I, guys who helped make that team something. Aren't getting their share. I said it beginning of the
1: season. Eventually, there's going to be a Tom Brady, Mike Evans engagement. To what degree, I don't, still don't know. Um, I don't know if you saw the, um, what Mike Evans um, frustration, it, it was caught really, really quick, but there was a, well, he's, he's a
0: competitor. He wants to catch the ball and he wasn't, he wasn't getting the ball and he wasn't getting open.
1: And the right. one opportunity he had, it was specifically after a play where he got, I think he got held. So I think it was because of that, because he had a wide open opportunity to catch the ball and get a touchdown. So I could, I think it was because he was frustrated that his one opportunity to make a play, he was held. But then there's a little, I think there's a little caveat there. And was that what his only opportunity the entire game to make a play? Is that frustration going to start building up where it's like, Tom, I'm getting like one or two opportunities a game to to help the team why aren't you getting me the ball more a B comes in you you just said it he's going to feed him the ball as much as he can because he loves Antonio Brown and where's where's the backlash for the bucks signing Antonio Brown by the
0: way yeah I'd like to know a guy who still has a pending criminal investigation uh, when the Patriots signed him they were up and down, just ripped a new one and it was a problem. And the Bucks did it and all of a sudden it's a great move. So I don't know. It's yeah, I'll just leave that there. Decide what you will. Uh the Ravens. Ravens making some noise. This is unfair, by the way. Oh, it don't don't be bitter. It's unfair. It's brilliant. Bad bro. Don't be bitter.
1: Right, I didn't say it wasn't brilliant, I said it's unfair.
0: The Ravens today, we'll get to today first. Yep. Signed former all pro wide receiver Des Bryant to the practice squad. Fine. They're not stacked at receiver. Right. Uh, they worked out Des. They they liked what they saw. And you think he had a few really dominant years. I mean, he was a first round draft pick in fantasy for a couple of years because he really, I mean, was really on another level. And then injuries, and he just kind of dropped off and kind of slipped away. Uh, I mean, so it makes sense. If he's been healthy in a way for a few years, he probably has something to offer. Um, I wouldn't think a lot. I mean, you're talking about a guy who I don't know how old he is, but he hasn't really played in, God, it feels like five, six, seven years. So, I mean, good on their part because, you know, they're not stacked to receive. They have Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews and, you know, tremendously talented at those those positions. But, you know, then you got Willie Sneed and a veteran – a veteran, uh, Des Bryant, could probably come in and he definitely offer something. It's only a practice squad contract. So, I mean, it's not like they're paying to the millions and millions and millions.
1: So, good move on them. It's a small little move. It's a nice move. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's in case they can't make that other move on, on the wide receiver front. If they can't get John Ross. If t- the Texans don't put William Fuller on the table, if they don't want to overpay for... Uh, Kenny Stills uh, if the Brown- Bengals don't put A.J. Green on the table or if they put too much of a price tag on the table for A.J. Green uh, name your uh, other Adam Thielen if that price tag is way too much for anyone to want to grab there's probably a few other players that I'm not um, remembering but this is in case all those scenarios uh, don't happen because as we can tell, the Ravens have a price tag for players, and they want to meet it. They don't want to overpay. So you're not going to get – you know, for John Ross, there's no way the the Ravens would give up a a fourth-round pick because I think he's worth a low six, early seventh.
0: Yeah, and you're assuming a team within your division will trade home also. Right. Which is – Oh, another story right there.
1: Right. and But then, you know, go to Kenny Stills. You're not going to give up a, a fifth-round pick for Kenny Stills. It's going to be a seventh-round pick.
0: I don't think I'd give a $20 gift card for Kenny Stills, honestly.
1: And to, that exactly the point. It's like they're not going to overpay, much like uh, they didn't overpay for their other acquisition.
0: Yeah. So, throughout the offseason, Ben and I continued to talk about then-Jaguars stud defensive player. The defensive end or linebacker? Defensive end. Defensive end. Yannick Njaku. And how he just been the third, fourth, fifth-round draft pick? Third. Third. And he just played like he was a top-five pick since he came into the league. He's Mm -hmm. been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Jaguars have no idea how to handle a team or, 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 you know, a front office in general. So... They botched that, ended up trading him way under value to the Minnesota Vikings, who only had him for ooh, seven games now, six, seven games. Yeah. Traded him to the Baltimore Ravens. Because, you know, they need defense. Absolutely. For a third and a fifth round
1: draft pick. Did they equal their compensation the,
0: that they gave up? I don't remember what they gave up to get him. I'll tell you this, though. They got Yannick and Jakku um, kind of, you know, secondarily from the Jaguars because through the Vikings for a third and a fifth. They got Calais Campbell from the Jaguars earlier in the offseason for a fifth. I don't care what the Ravens' front office is making. They need a raise. They need a raise right now so they don't leave because. That is some of the, the the best. I I don't even know how to say it. A second and a fifth. A second and a fifth the Vikings gave up, so they didn't even they had him for essentially a month and a half of the season, and then traded him for less than they got him for.
1: I'm sorry, conditional fifth.
0: Okay, so who, who now, even knows what that's going to end up being now? But
1: and and the 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 uh, the fifth that they get from Baltimore is also conditional. So it,
0: it's a steal. It's a steal. And again, hats off to the Ravens. Brilliant move. Uh this this tells you why competitive teams that win stay competitive and keep winning. Because they make the right moves like this at the right time. I don't understand what the Vikings are thinking.
1: It's not a bad move by the Vikings,
0: though. Uh it is if you have any kind of brain cells.
1: It's not a ba- I'll put it in this perspective, okay? It's not a bad move by the Vikings because if they feel like A, they can't pay them. Or B, they don't they don't see him going to fit in their defensive structure going forward, then it's better to get a third and a fifth when you gave up a second and yeah. a fifth now than lose him completely.
0: If your are scouting and, and, and knowledge of your own team and organization is so low mm-hmm. that after six games, you're like, nah, this can't work. We're done for a player of his caliber. I just said how all the guys in the Ravens front office should get raises. Yeah. Everybody in the Vikings front office should be fired on the spot. Because that mean, is just a complete lack of self-awareness. There's I understand. no excuse for that. I understand. I get what you're saying. I really do. I am not trying to I know it's not your fault. I'm not criticizing you for it, but that's 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 asinine. That's I absolutely agree.
1: insane. I agree. And I think I think if if you gave them truth serum, it would be the dollar bills. It would strictly be about the dollar bill. They do
0: their cap number before they signed him I or agree. trade him for him. It doesn't make any
1: sense. They're 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 paying two safeties insane amount of money, and what are they getting out of it?
0: Which, oh, back to what you said before. If they end up trading Adam Thielen because the overpaid defensive players are underperforming, and you trade Adam Thielen, who with a consistent quarterback, not Kirk cousins, easily a top five receiver in the game. Correct. I know you got Justin Jefferson, but I hate to tell teams. You could have more than one talented player at a position. Yes. It makes you better. And so, actually
1: Adam Thielen would help Justin Jefferson in the long run because now you can't you absolutely. can't play that you can't play that safety over top of uh Justin Jefferson because you need to account for Adam Thielen yep. and his ability to get open. And it would be it in and this just sums up the mistake that is the Kirk Cousin continuum contract of just
0: Yeah, I don't guaranteed
1: get it. him money for producing what?
0: They re-upped him before this offseason. Two more guaranteed years on an astronomical dollar amount Man. and what has he done to earn that?
1: I thought I thought it would have been the best move to say, Kirk, go out there and, and earn your next contract because and we'll make it guaranteed again, but go out there and prove to us right. that
0: you're playing for your contract now. Because
1: right. if they if if they're sitting here right now and he's still on his, his last year, they're like, um, does anyone want Kirk Cousins for uh a, a song? Like, does Dallas would Dallas not be picking up the phone saying, Hey, what do you want for Kirk? Because yeah, yeah. we have a team built right now that we think can win and and take out Andy Dalton and put in Kirk Cousins. You're winning that division. I know your opinion on Kirk Cousins, but you're winning that division with Kirk Cousins instead of Andy Dalton. Oh,
0: for sure. With the talent you have at receiver, yeah, and and, and uh, I mean,
1: and it opens up the field for Zeke.
0: Well, and here's the thing: Kirk Cousins isn't great, but he uh, Dalvin Cook is. Yeah, Adam Thielen is. Justin Jefferson looks like he's well on his way to being. He looks phenomenal. So I mean, if you add, you know, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, C.D. Lamb. And you throw cousins in there, yeah. He's not. He's not Patrick Mahomes still, right? But you're good. you're absolutely going to win that division. And where, where
1: ah, they're not. Where Minnesota is not. No, not, not catching Green Bay. They're not catching uh, Chicago, even though Chicago lost last night. They're not going to uh,
0: overcome them. Chicago already has five wins. They may not hit five wins in Minnesota.
1: And Detroit, for all their problems, looks a thousand times better than the Minnesota. Sure. So, I guess when we get down to it, this might not be the end for the Minnesota exodus. You might see a couple other ones. I think I think Kyle Rudolph is the next one to go.
0: But that would almost make sense, though. It does. He's getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. He probably wants to go somewhere he can compete. I can understand that. Thielen wouldn't make any sense. And I haven't heard anything about them possibly trading Thielen. That would make zero sense. Stefan Diggs didn't really appear to want to be there. So I, I get that one. And they got a first-round pick for him. So if you if you know some a team's looking to trade somebody and you can still get a first round pick out of that, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Now the office, front office went and undid all that goodwill by not being prepared at all for either Yannick and Jack, who's impending salary or knowing how he'd fit into the defense. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, just, I don't know. I, I, I look at what some of these teams do and how they manage. And you have, like, the team like the Bengals who pay A.J. Green $18 million to come back this year as a franchise tag. The guy isn't doing anything. It's like some of these teams, you can make fun of the Patriot way all you want. And, yeah, they're struggling right now. they got some rebuilding to do. They're, they're not great this year. But. That team is not going to put their foot in their mouth on terrible contracts year in and year out. They cripple the organization. Brady left. Okay. Might struggle for a bit. Might have a bad season this year. They're 2-1-4, and and they've looked abysmal the last two weeks. 2-1-4. I guarantee you, you're not going to see them go out there and give A.J. Green a massive contract just to bring him in in the offseason. You're not going to see them make all these stupid moves. They talked about trading Stefan Gilmore before the deadline, and they still may.
1: There's a chance
0: he's defending defensive player of the year. You can get probably at least a second round pick for him, maybe a first from the right team for a stud cornerback in his prime. Still, look, I hate to see Stefan go, but you're trying to rebuild this team. You find a team in a real and you know maybe an NFC East team where he might make the difference. <laughs> you can trade him a draft pick, first rounder. Call up the Eagles. Yeah, they have Darius Slayer already. You say, "Hey, could flip that into a top, you know, top ten, top fifteen pick next year." I don't know. That's that's all. That's all guesswork. I know. But I understand it. But I mean, train for him. Six games. the Ravens. Hats off to the Ravens, and shame on the Vikings. But bank your tank if you want to. Unless you just want to use this time to cry while I read out no, the I'm results. Fine. And all right, so. Why Ben contemplates his impending doom in Banker Tank last week. Status quo. He went two and four. I went four and two. Yeah. Fan of the show and mom, Tammy, one and five. Uh, not not her best week, but you know, it's a solid effort. Solid effort. Uh, some players let her down, much like my fantasy teams. Uh, so I mean, it happens. She still has a one. Win- uh, t- uh, actually, five hundred record. Ben is 17 and 25 overall. Uh, She is 15 and 15. She's 500. I am 26 and 16. I am 10 games over 500 and running away with it. Yeah, you are. I could just decide to not play a couple weeks, take a bye week, let you try to catch up, and I'd still probably be just fine. But I'm not going to do that because what fun is winning if I can't mercilessly taunt you with it? So. You've been friends for like 20 years, 20 plus years. You keep pulling up with this crap, man. I don't, and, I don't and, know. You're going for punishment.
1: D- let's just remind uh, the listeners uh, who created this uh, segment.
0: Oh, uh, you, you. That was actually your idea. Yeah. And then I destroying you with your own creation. So so proud of it. What, what, what do you got? You want me to go first? You want to go first? I'll go first. All right.
1: Because as usual, I'm gonna <clears throat> throw some uh, throw some stuff out there that I'm hoping is gonna stick.
0: History will probably prove otherwise, but right. uh, go so with
1: it. At quarterback, I'm going to go with Tua Tungavaloa. Bless you. Uh, running back, Melvin Gordon. Wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. I'm going with Tua because it's Tua time in Miami. You know, this is my guy. I'm high on him.
0: I've hey, been big on him for a few years now.
1: Uh, I think he's going to pr- prove the detractors that, that – Say he was too small and his game might not translate to the NFL. I think they're gonna he's gonna start that that narrative that's gonna prove it wrong. And it's going to, he's going against the LA Rams, which they had a great win uh, last night. They are inconsistent in my opinion because they lost last week to the who did they lose to last week? Was the Raiders? The it Rams? was Rams, huh? Rams? Yeah. 49ers. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Because then the 49ers came off that terrible loss. So I think they're inconsistent, and they don't know what two is going to be. And I think he's just going to show the NFL, plus they've had two weeks to plan this out. Remember, they They were on a bye last week. so It's two-a-time in Miami. I love what he brings to the table. This is completely gut instinct, by the way. Uh, data would not prove... Uh, me otherwise. Who do you got?
0: All right, I have your personal favorite, Carson Wentz. Of course, Todd Gurley, and Robbie Anderson. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna highlight Wentz. Um, You're the only person that's gonna do. <laughs> look, it's not because I think he's great. Um, I think he's a mediocre quarterback who's inconsistent as hell. But Dallas's defense is. To say they're soft, I mean, if you've ever felt how soft a down pillow is.
1: Yes, I have.
0: Yeah, I mean, that feels like concrete to how soft the Dallas Cowboys defense is. I mean, they are just, they would have to improve just to suck. And Fulgham's come along nicely. Uh, Boston Scott isn't Miles Sanders, but he's certainly he's he's a nice little player. And I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm not little to try to be I'm not trying to be condescending. I mean, you know, a nice little addition to the team. Uh who's the other guy? Uh, Greg Ward Jr. He's been fine. Nice little piece. Yeah, this I mean, the the players around once have stepped up. And I think Wentz will do what he normally does. He'll look beyond mediocre for two and a half quarters. And they'll probably you know, it'll probably be three to two at that point, score wise. And then he'll, you know, he'll come out and he'll throw a couple of touchdowns and he'll hit his above his projection and bank for me. And that'll be the one time this year that Carson Wentz actually didn't let somebody down.
1: Well, he did it last Thursday, too.
0: Yeah, and pick him that no, so I don't care.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Tank. I'm going to go. With Matt Ryan at quarterback, Uh, DeAndre Swift at running back, Jarvis Landry at wide receiver. So, I'm not trying to pick on Jarvis Landry. I like him as a player. Very underrated. Very underrated. I think it was a mistake for Miami to trade him because I think he he could absolutely help that team right now. Um, But I understand they wanted Devontae Parker to be number one. I think he's wasting his talent in Cleveland. And I understand the, the loss of OG uh, OBJ is huge. OG Bay? Yeah. Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna just say say Odell Beckham Jr. Probably easier. Probably I, easier. I understand the loss of uh, Odell is huge. And now all the targets are to go to Jarvis Landry. Some will go to to um Rashard Higgins, some will go to tight ends. But He'll be the focal point of the offense. And that's where the Las Vegas Raiders defense will focus their attention on, is to make sure Jarvis Landry doesn't beat him. Because Baker Mayfield, if he doesn't have his binky, will just throw picks or throw it 16 feet above the receiver's head.
0: No, no, no. That's not fair. That's really not fair. Even when he has everybody, he still does those things. That's
1: true. That's true
0: I just I just don't like Baker can be mediocre with the best of them don't 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 discount his mediocrity.
1: I apologize i, I if, if Baker was a better quarterback, I would say this is prime prime position for Jarvis Landry to just um, run up the score so to speak on the stats much like um, Michael Thomas did last year where there was realistically nobody. Michael Uh, Thomas did last year. uh, This year's a different story. Yeah. Uh, But there was no other real assets uh, wide receiver last year for the Saints. Kamara wasn't being Kamara. Breeze really didn't play all season. He had two different quarterbacks, yet he still put up record numbers. I don't think Jarvis Landry has the talent level of Michael Thomas. He is an exceptional receiver. A few do though, let's be honest. Yeah. But he doesn't have that level of being able just to get open on any play. He plays great in space, but he's just going to, they're just going to blanket coverage him and they're going to say, Baker, beat us with your other receivers. And guess what won't happen?
0: They won't beat him. I'll show you interception. Just a little side note on Kamara. Yep. A lot of times when you hear a guy had a bad season and oh, there was, quote, injuries. You kind of roll your eyes like, okay. I 100% believe Kamara was injured last oh, absolutely. year. There is no way he was not injured. The first two years, he is a monster. Last year was a down year. Said he was injured, came back, and he is killing it again this year. I 100% believe him.
1: And he got his contract. He
0: had an injury. Yeah, and he has his contract. So he's certainly not someone who's just going to take it easy now he got paid. And, uh, oh, and he, he wasn't cheap either. No, not at all. So, you know, hats off to him and and you know, it's good to see him healthy. Who you got? I have the great Russell Wilson, James Conner, and Keenan Allen. I'm going to highlight Russell Wilson against the 49ers. I love Russ. Awesome I love player, rusty. awesome talent. Absolutely. Front runner for the MVP. I don't care. I don't care if the Seahawks lost Sunday night. They hung in there with a very talented Cardinals team great teams lose, newsflash. Uh, this isn't a knock on Russ. This is, he has a incredibly high projection, like 34.8 points Ooh, hoo, hoo. for a projection. And they're not going to have the time of possession to do that. The, the, the San Francisco 49ers defense, even down several all-pro players, are still very, very good. Not as good as the Patriots, inept offense made them look Sunday, but they're very, very good, and they can run the ball with anybody. Look, I know, I, I know. Uh, Raheem Mostar got hurt, and then unfortunately it was a Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, he's, he's having he's a done. great game Sunday. Poor kid went out and, and messed up his ankle. Luckily, it didn't. It's not as bad as it looked like it was at the time, uh, but it does. They'll plug the next guy in, whether it's Jarek McKinnon. Uh some other kid, I fully forgot his name, but Kevin he, Coleman. Uh no, they traded Coleman, didn't they? No, no, they traded Brita. Brita. Yeah, they have Coleman. Uh, they have some other kid too who's projected pretty high because he might get oh, increased um, carries. Um, uh played last week.
1: Yes, I can't remember. His I name. can't either. They have a they actually have him projected at like thirteen. Yeah. Points. So he's probably
0: gonna get a lot of maybe the lion share of the snaps. Who knows? Like the San Fran team's still gonna run the ball. Yep. They're still gonna do all their their end arounds and their sweeps and 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 run with have George Kittle have handoffs in the backfield and Debo Samuel and um, Brandon Ayuk looks like a monster.
1: Not, not Debo, he's out too.
0: Is he? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, they'll, they'll figure it out though. Uh, what I'm, all I'm trying to say is, they'll control the ball. Yep. They'll control the clock. Russ is going to get his. I think the Seahawks still win the game, but Russ isn't going to have to throw for you know 400 yards and four touchdowns. Um. I don't, I don't, I mean, this is going to be a lower scoring game. It's not going to be a shootout like it was with the Cardinals. He's just not going to have to go out there and right. put up mon- massive stats. Uh, add to that, looks like Chris Carson may not play. Carlos Hyde is not the threat that Chris Carson is. So the defense is going to be able to focus more on the passing game. Few people have ever thrown a prettier deep ball than Russell Wilson, even hitting a few of those. He's not going to hit his projection. Right. So he can have a great monster game, win the game, and still not hit his projection. So there's nothing against him. This is just a numbers game. It's I don't just, I don't see him hitting yeah. 35. Game of the week. What do you got?
1: Chargers at Denver. And I think and, – and this is why I also uh, pair this with uh, picking Melvin Gordon as my bank. I think he's going to go off against his former team. I think he's he's got an axe to grind, he'll have a little edge. I don't think they'll they'll abuse Melvin Gordon against the the Chargers. Like they won't overuse him. I think they'll just he'll have a little extra edge every time he gets the ball. And it'll be an interesting
0: game. I All have right. the Saints at the Bears. Uh offense against defense. You have Kamara, Breeze, um, maybe Michael Thomas, maybe. Uh, although that's really up in the air right now, too. Michael Thomas is the only guy to ever you know, sprain an ankle and then never, ever play again. So now it's a hamstring, apparently. Injured his hamstring in practice. Oh, interesting. And this is after missing week five for punching a teammate and being suspended. They're, so They're not
1: connected, are they?
0: I don't think so. They said he's not on punishment for that anymore. It's just... He he apparently came back to practice sparing an ankle. So, even with that, Mm -hmm. you have a very, very good um, Saints offense, a very, very good Bears defense. Um, I don't – I think, you know, the Saints defense is better than the Bears offense for sure. But, I mean, I saw seven kids playing in the park last week that are more efficient than the Bears offense. So, I mean, that's not saying a whole lot. So, this is mainly just – that offense against that defense, I think that'll be an exciting matchup. And maybe the Bears can score more than like six points uh, and maybe help their team win a little bit.
1: I think I saw Eddie Jackson is injured. I don't know the extent of it. I don't know the length of, uh, of time. But we I know, shall see. But... I know I saw it as a highlight of um, a video that he's out or potentially out.
0: Still, I think it'll be a fun game, so I'm going to pick that one. All right, lower scoring than we all think it'll be. Right. So, well, we'll see. Anything else? I just want to point out my guy,
1: Isaiah Simmons. Pick in overtime against Russell Wilson. Everyone who does
0: good is your guy. You're like Chris Collinsworth now.
1: I, I, there's one person that's my guy, and that's Isaiah Simmons. If I, if, if you just gonna, said it was Tua, but this is my guy. This is the guy, but this is the guy. I've I'm writing still- these
0: down, and every time you say someone's your guy, I'm yeah. just, i to. Okay, I'm gonna- call
1: me out. But I'm just saying, my guy, Isaiah Simmons, who I've been, been hollering and screaming for to get playing time, makes an instinctual play. It was a fantastic play by him. Pick, overtime, and at leads to would be able to win the game.
0: I distinctly remember, that was a great play, by the way. Yeah. I distinctly remember, too. Uh, this Sunday when one Donovan Peoples Jones, wide receiver for the Browns, caught a touchdown pass. You just almost stood up and yelled, That's my guy. But he's a Michigan He's a Michigan Wolverine. Doesn't change the You know, you know I'm gonna I get it. I'm not faulting, I'm just giving you crap for it. Because then you get all flustered like you are now. It's funny to me. I root for my guys. Oh, now it's guys. Now it's now it's plural. Now it's not singular. I
1: root for my guys from Michigan. You know that. (laughs) I'm rooting for my guys, but in this scenario when it's outside the purview of Michigan there are a couple players that i really appreciate Isaiah Simmons and Tua Tagovailoa are the two of the guys that i'm i when they when they're on the field i'm just be like yes yes show me show the rest of the football world what i see
0: tune in to episode 102 next week to find out Ben's 15 new guys for the week all right so a little fun. It's a messy one to do. And I know you've been high on those guys. Uh, <laughs> you could. <good? laughs> we got to wrap this up. we got to compose yourself, man. Compose yourself. We almost got to do a whole show with no edits yet. So let's 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 do this. I'm going to be the one to screw it up right in, in, in the closing. But all right, anyways, enough rambling. Anything else? I'll be it. All right. That's going to do it for episode 101. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, anything else you'd like to talk about, this show, previous shows, anything we may have missed, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you, and we're going to get in touch with us.
1: Well, you can visit us on our website. That's bctspod.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at bctspod, or Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports.
0: All right. And just a little side note, we have a bit of a bonus episode coming out within the next few weeks, it's probably going to be about two weeks out. Uh, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a uh, searching on my part. I have a few clips picked out a few segments from the first hundred episode. It's kind of a, almost a best of show, I guess you could say, maybe not even best, just some of our favorite moments, our favorite conversations uh, from the first hundred. We have a, a few we listened to before and picked out. We're going to add some commentary into it too, to give some context. And we're hoping to make it about half an hour to, 40 minutes long, give or take, depending. More more worried about being a quality show as opposed to length of time.
1: As long as you include my guy, Tyler Lockett, that's
0: all. Oh, your guy, Tyler Lockett. We're, we're going to include – no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to include this segment of you dogging Tyler Lockett, followed by some commentary, and then you saying how much you love Tyler Lockett. Listen, listen. So, you can change
1: your opinion of somebody, sir.
0: Oh, you can. You just can't deny it when it's on tape unless you're a politician. Uh, but anyways – As usual, if you enjoy the show, if you've enjoyed this ranting and raving for the last hour and a half, really appreciate your support and ask that maybe you tell a friend help us spread the word. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday.
1: Thank you.